Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Amen. So let's go into the Word this morning. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. It's where we'll come from today. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom, er from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may a power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the manager of the fullness of God. I want to talk this morning from the thought, living between the tension of commitment and fulfillment. Living between the commitment, living between the tension of commitment and fulfillment. So, Lord, thank you for your anointing. Release a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I might minister this word under your anointing and through your anointing. Be glorified now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So as we continue to labor under this theme, completing the task, we constantly pray and seek help of the of Holy Spirit to provide direction and encouragement in this matter, realizing that, 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 that all of us, that every follower of Christ, uh, we're not all at the same place of maturity and skill in this walk and this warfare, all of us need help. Amen? I don't care what place you are, whether you have been in the Lord 50 years or whether you just came to the Lord, all of us need help. And it's critical that we recognize that, that we don't ever think that we get to the place where, hey, I've got it now. I don't need any more help. No, we all need help. We all need help. Uh, hallelujah. And, and we have to remember at all times that, that Christ promised never to leave us nor to forsake us and that he would be with us always, even until the end of the age. Holy Spirit is our helper. We have to remember that at all times, at all times, not just when you hear it, not just, you got you to gotta make that, you know, that's one of the things you write on, the, on your mind, you put on your, on your television, you put on your steering wheel if you're a driver, you put it on the refrigerator, put it on the, put it on the, on the wall in front of the commode, put it everywhere. Holy Spirit is my helper. Got to remember that because you're going to face situations in your life where you're going to be crying out, help me, Lord. You may even cry, Lord, where are you? 
But he's there. He's with you. He promised never to leave you nor forsake us, nor forsake you. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. It's God, Holy Spirit, who's working in you to will, to create the will and to act hallelujah, in order to fulfill his good purposes. And, and we remember, if, if, you, if you, and I, I know you've followed the teaching over the years, that, that your, your purpose for being in this life, for being born, is to fulfill God's will and God's good purposes. That's your reason for being. Amen? It has to be reiterated because a lot of people don't think in those terms, but that's your reason for being, that you've been created to fulfill God's will and God's good purposes. And so Holy Spirit is living and acting in you, all right, to, 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 to will and to act. So as I stand to preach today, I understand that it's through the power of, of Holy Spirit. It's not through my own strength, nor is it through my own power. Amen. When 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 I was preparing, when I was preparing to preach, I, I had to ask, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, give me the word that you want to share with your people this morning. Are you understanding? It's it, it, when when my when my spirit man uh, or my mind wanted to rest, Holy Spirit stirred me to get up and work. Amen. To get up and prepare. Amen. So that I could minister to, to God's people today, those here in the sanctuary and those who are watching us uh, via Facebook Live, online, or social media. Uh, it's, 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 by, it's by Holy Spirit. And don't tell me, you cannot tell me that you are a born-again believer and Holy Spirit is not, is not working in you to create the will and to act to fulfill his good purposes. Now, if you're not doing that, that means you're resisting the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because he's, he's creating, he's stirring you. And as I spoke to our members this morning and made a plea that maybe I shouldn't have had to make, but I feel the need as I sense the burden of ministry and sense, sense the burden of trying to move us forward and, and, and reaching out. It's Holy Spirit is speaking to people. He's speaking to people and he's convicting hearts. And if you don't listen, that means you are resisting him. You are resisting him. You're not resisting me. You're resisting Holy Spirit who's speaking to you, who is creating the will you have and giving you the ability to fulfill his good purposes. Amen. 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 So in preparation for this message, Holy Spirit began to deal with me about the place we are right now in this engagement, in this engagement, when it comes to this matter of completing the task. We are in the completing phase each day that we live. And it's important that we hear this. I'm not talking about something that's supposed to take place five years down the road. I'm talking about something that's happening right now. Right now, every one of us, every believer should be engaged. Or we are in some form or another engaged in completing this task. And we are living, we are living between the commitment between the commitment, between the tension, excuse me, between the tension of commitment and fulfillment. Amen. Between the tension of commitment and fulfillment. Because we make the commitment. 
Yeah, and it's easy to make the commitment, yes, Lord, I will, but then we have to fulfill it. Amen? And so there's a, we're in this in-between place, and all of us are living there. All of us are living there. I believe everyone that's sitting here this morning has made the commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we're in this space in between, uh, commitment and fulfilling. And now we're, we shouldn't be just sitting. We should be actively engaged in fulfilling and completing the task and doing our part of completing the task. And it's tension. It's tension because there's warfare going on. You see, it's not just between commitment and fulfillment, amen, but we're in this in-between time, this middle place, amen, where, where there is work and there is warfare in this middle place. So we're engaged in work, but warfare is going on at the same time. You know why you don't always step up to the plate? Because the devil is warring against you. It's just not you, not, not you in yourself not wanting to do it. <laughs> it's the devil that's working in your mind, amen, and in your spirit, not uh, fighting against the, 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 the Holy Spirit who's creating the desire in you and giving you the will to fulfill God's good pleasure. And we got to understand that. We don't think of the warfare in this middle place, but there is warfare that's going on in this middle place to stop you from engagement. You've made the commitment, and you should be on the road to fulfillment, but, 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 you're stopping along the way. Something's hindering you. Something else has your attention. Something is distracting you. That's, that, that's warfare. That's the warfare we've been talking about on Wednesday night in Bible study. That's warfare. It's not that the devil is going to come up against you and knock you down or, or make you sick. He's just stopping you for a whole lot of Christians. You're healthy in your body, but in your spirit, man, in your spirit, woman, you're not doing what you ought to do. You're not healthy there. That's warfare that's going on. You don't want to be around your brothers and sisters, but that's warfare that's going on. You don't want to give yourself in service. There's warfare that's going on. That's all that is. You've got to recognize that. You're in this middle place, and you can't seem to get to the place where you jump in full-fledged because of the warfare that's going on. And it's in your mind, and it's moving in your spirit. You got all of these issues. Where did they come from? Where did they come from? Jesus said he wants to give us peace that passes all understanding. Well, if the Lord gives me peace that passes all understanding, that peace leaves, that, that dwells in me reaches out to you. So I'm at peace with you. I'm at peace with you. You can do something crazy, but the peace that the Lord gave me that passes understanding causes me to be at peace with you. And I can work with you. Amen. I can love you because the peace that the Lord gave me Amen. Are you understanding me? But when we can't do it, we're submitting to the warfare. We are letting the devil win in our lives. We're in this middle place. We're in this place of tension. Holy Spirit is pulling us and the devil is pulling us. Who will we yield to? Before we can get to fulfillment, the devil is fighting you. That's what we've been talking about. The devil is fighting against the saints to keep us from being effective in the things of God. 
And some of us think that as long as we go to church on Sunday and we sing and we, and we lift our hands, that we're all right. I don't have to deal with you. All I have to do is deal with the Lord. That is not the truth. You got to deal with me. And all of, and I'm not a nasty person, but in all of my nastiness, you got to deal with me. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope y'all getting the point this morning. This is, this, is, this is this place of warfare. Last Sunday we mentioned in Jude, Jude said that we are to keep ourselves in the love of God as we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, what is the devil doing? He's fighting to keep you out of the love of God. He doesn't want you to stay in that place because when the love of God that's poured out, that's shed abroad, poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit, when that love is poured in your heart, you got to love everybody. You don't have to like what they do, but you got to love them. You got to love them. You got to love God's people. And you can't just love the saints because if you don't love God's people and see everybody's being God's people, you will never reach out to the lost. The love of God that's poured out in your heart is going to push you to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He came to seek and to save the lost, and he went all the way to the cross to fulfill it. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. So he died on the cross, shed his blood so that we could be reconciled to him. And I don't know where we got this thing from, is that the Lord reconciled me, but he can't reconcile you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because all of us have sinned, and all of us have come short of the glory of God. All of us have issues. All of us have problems. Satan, Satan has worked, and you hear this sometimes when you talk to our younger people, and, and listen, young people, all of us have been young before. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The older I get, the more I see that's true. Because we would sit back as young people, and we would judge the old people in the church. This person up in the church saying all that and doing all that, look at how they're living. How many times have I heard that? You know, I've heard people in the street talk about those holy and sanctified people over at Tabernacle of Praise. They don't speak to nobody. That's a lie. You might have experienced one person who didn't speak to you, and you don't know why they didn't speak to you. But that wasn't the whole church. Something happens, and then people take it, and they blame the whole church. Every, every congregation you go to, you're going to find something like that, that the devil will take a small thing, and he'll blow it up. So sometimes I heard young people talk about the older people in the church and how older people did that. Guess what? I was a young man, and now I'm old. You're young. One day you're going to get all that the Lord lets you live. And you're going to find this out. You're going to find this out. That we are only the righteousness of God through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're righteous. And because I stand up and testify in the church doesn't mean I'm perfect. Because I dance in the presence of the Lord doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm, I should be striving for perfection. But it means that I'm saved, glory to God. It's part of meaning that I'm saved, and I appreciate the God who saved me, and I want to live him, and I want to praise him. And in that moment in worship where I got out of myself and just began to, to, to focus in on the goodness and the greatness and the majesty of the Lord, I 
I, I, I was able to enter into a worship moment in the Lord. Now, yes, that should translate into our everyday lives, but saints, we are becoming. Amen. Now, if you don't agree with that, just look at your life and then say amen. <laughs> we're becoming saints. We've all made mistakes, but we're in this place. We're in this, this, this tension between commitment and fulfillment, and in this middle place is warfare. It's warfare. I mean, and it, it, just think of what you go through every day. Think of the stress. Think of the the arguments, think of the, the bitterness, think of the hurt feelings that keep coming up over stuff that happened a long time ago. That's warfare. That's warfare. That's the enemy warring against your mind because he's trying to keep you from getting to a place in God where you need to be, where you will be effective in doing the work of ministry. And you are, you, you are called into this world. You are created for the praises of God's glory. And so you're in this life so that you can live your life to the glory of Almighty God. Your marriage becomes to the glory of Almighty God. Every friendship becomes to the glory of Almighty God. Your job becomes to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. We're in this place. We're in this tension. We're in this middle place. As we engage in the work, our enemy is ever-present opposing the work and opposing us as we engage or we make up our minds to engage. Somebody, somebody got out of bed this morning determined to make it to the house of the Lord and something happened and you got frustrated. You didn't press. Remember we talked last week about you got the last part of it, you got to press. You got to press. You got to press. You start church and you have a flat tire. Fix that flat tire. And if you get the end of the message, get to the house of the Lord. You may not get nothing but the benediction. You may not get anything except the benediction. But that is the final blessing. Are you listening? And that might be the blessing you need. Don't get frustrated and give up and quit. Press your way. Press your way. It's warfare. We got, we, we got to understand. We got, we got to see that in this place, in this in-between time, there's warfare going on. Holy Spirit is pulling you toward God. Satan is trying to pull you away from God. Who are you going to yield to? Who are you going to yield to? And, and it's, it, it's up to you to make the choice. Each one of us has to make that choice. Each one of us. I can't make your choice. You can't make my choice. I can't make my wife's choice. She can't make a choice for me. Each one of us, each individual has to make the choice. I'm reminded of Nehemiah and the Israelites as they were rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. Because of their enemies, they had to work and watch at the same time. You mean? And, 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 and it's recorded in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, as, as Nehemiah wrote, he says, from that day on, he's, now that's something that happened from that day on. I can't read all of that this morning. But uh, just to tell you, the enemy was fighting against them. All right? They, they, were, they were trying to discourage them in the work. All right? We're in the work. All right? Say we're in the work. 
From that day on, he said, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore their sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. So they had that too. They had that too. They were doing the work, but they had their weapons also. Amen. So we're in this place, saints. We're, in the, we're trying to rebuild. We're trying to complete the task that the Lord has given to us. And we got to have our, our, our tools in one hand and our weapons in the other hand. And when we're sectioned off, glory to God, and there are people that are assigned to certain work, the rest of us have to stand behind, glory to God, and watch for them as they work. Oh, where are my intercessors? Amen. And pray, glory to God. And then there has to be the one that's going to sound the horn, sound the alarm, Glory to God. When the enemy begins to raise his ugly head, amen, and when the alarm is sounded, all of us have to come together and get ready to war. Are you understanding? Yeah. So that's, that, that's where we are right now. We're, we're in this in-between time. As we complete this task assigned to us, we must work and we must war at the same time. It's tension. It's pulling at us. It's pulling at our strength. It's pulling at our motivation. It's pulling at our elasticity. It's pulling at our stamina. <sighs> we talk, you know what elasticity is. You're a rubber band. You know, it's elastic. Some people have lost their elasticity. Uh, you know, sometimes when rubber has been worn for a long time, you know, <laughs> it loses its elasticity. Yeah. Some folk don't have that, have lost that ability to, to bounce back. But let me tell you something. You are not a rubber band. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You can lose your elasticity, but the Holy Spirit can restore it. There is a time of refreshing that will come from the presence of the Lord if you will give yourself to him. Oh, glory to the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. This is not, this is not what we do. It's God who works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. He works in us. I don't know about you, but I need the Lord to continue to work in me. I, do, I need him. I need him to continue to create in me that will to do and to act upon, to create in me that will and give me the ability to do his good pleasure. As much as I love the Lord and as much as I love the work of the Lord, I still need Holy Spirit stirring me up on the inside. Yeah. yeah. So now, now Paul, could, Paul could write about this uh, because he was fulfilling the assignment on his life. Okay. And he was experiencing the divine enablement while he's doing the work. And that's when it's important. The Lord just spoke to me this morning about something I've been praying about, praying about, praying about. And so uh, I can't release it to you right now, but when I move, then I need you all ready to go. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, yeah. So he was he, in real time. In real time, Paul was experiencing what he was writing about. 
He was. He was experiencing many of his letters he wrote from prison. But even as he was in prison, he was still preaching the gospel. He was. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 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 from his own experience, Paul knew the battle. He knew the battle. He knew the tricks and the attacks of the enemy. Whether they were subtle, whether they were direct, whether they were mild, or whether they were severe, he knew the attacks of the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verses 23 through 29. Listen to what Paul says. And, 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 and he's, he's making an example uh, to the Corinthian believers, and he's dealing with those people that were boasting. You know how some people start boasting about who they are and, you know, what they have in the Lord and what they can do. And so he was really dealing with this, and he's not really, Paul is not boasting. He's making an example, but this is what he says. He said, I have, concerning work, and I'm starting in the middle of that verse, I have worked much harder been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. He said 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my fellow Jews, in dangers from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've made, I have known hunger and thirst, and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I don't feel weak? Who is led to sin, and I don't inwardly burn? Now, stop right there. You can read the rest of it. Paul knew what he was talking about. When he runs to the church, he knows the warfare. But Paul didn't stop. And here we are, here we are, Christians today. How many of us have been beaten with rods? If you, most folk, most folk if you thought you were going to be beaten with a rod, you would be running to denying Jesus. I don't know Jesus. The Lord will forgive you now. The Lord will forgive you. You got to save your life. None of us. I can say I've gone through some things like this, but not to the extent that Paul had. So Paul knew what he was talking about. He knew this tension. He knew this warfare. And even as he goes to Jerusalem, as we, uh, in, in, in Acts chapter, chapter 20, he talks about being compelled by the Spirit, knowing what would happen to him there because it had been testified in every city that he went through that these things were going to happen to him. And it happened. He knew. He knows. And he, he even knew the toll that these attacks takes on one spiritual frame of mind. So I'm not, I'm not saying to us that, that, you know, we're these superhuman Christians and, and, and there's no toll on us when we go through warfare. There's a toll. There's a toll. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He knows that, that Paul knew that left to self, a person would give up. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why some people give up in ministry because they're dealing with, they're, they're trying to operate in their own strength. You cannot. There's no way that you can operate in the ministry of the Lord in your own strength and succeed and endure to the end. There's warfare going on. And when you're in self, you, 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 you just really just open yourself up to the devil. You, you've opened yourself up for the devil to war against you and win. When you're in self, you're not going to win. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Listen, fame and fortune does not give you the strength to endure. There's no money in the world that can pay you enough to endure the warfare and the attacks of the enemy. It's none. It's none. Yeah. 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 Yeah, in this middle place, in this, in this, this work and warfare place that we're in, you'll give up left to yourself. So, so what encouragement do we find in this scripture today? Now, now Paul is not, in, in this particular scripture, he's really addressing Gentile believers. And, you know, he's encouraging them in their faith, yes. And they're already in the Lord. But he says some things here uh, that, that, that will help them in their walk with the Lord. And, of course, when we talk about our walk with the Lord, a big part of this walk with the Lord is completing the task. And that's, that's what we've got to see, that I'm just not walking with the Lord for myself and to benefit me and my family. I'm walking with the Lord. I've been called to walk with the Lord so that I can engage in ministry, so that I can help someone else. He saved me, filled me with his Holy Presence, with his Holy Spirit, so that as Holy Spirit works in my life, then I am going to engage in ministering to somebody else. You know, there's no such thing as just being a Christian and you just sitting on the pew and doing nothing. No, no, no. Holy Spirit is going to work in you to will and to create the ability to do his good pleasure. So if you're not doing that, then you are resisting him. You're caught up in self and what you want to do and your life is all about you. And you tip God with a little bit of service on a Sunday morning or maybe even through your tithes and your offerings. But where else are you engaged? Ministry is about reconciling men and women unto the Lord. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what encouragement do we find? As Paul prays, and this is a prayer that Paul prays for the church, and I, I'm, I'm almost done uh, with this message today, so I want you to prepare yourself to go back and do some studying, okay? All right, so <clears throat> Paul says, For this, this reason, I kneel before the Father from from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that passed, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. So, so the first thing as we look at this, 
at this text as what will encourage us in this process of completing the task is Paul prays that Christ would dwell in the believer's hearts through faith. This is not talking about church membership. I I mentioned that the other Sunday. I'll mention it again. This is, excuse me, this is not about church membership. It's not about a casual acquaintance with Christ. It's not even knowledge that a person gains by reading the Bible or studying commentaries. You know, I went to seminary, you know, and I realized that all of my, all of my seminary professors didn't, were not Holy Ghost filled, sanctified folk speaking in other tongues, you know. I realized that many of them taught from an academic perspective, amen, and they were not teaching from a faith perspective, uh, um, you know, or what have you. I realized that. So I realized, as one of my other professors said to us, he said a seminary education is like eating meat, eating fish. You eat the meat and you throw away the bones. So you get a lot of bones in seminary. But seminary trains your mind to do research and to think, and it gives you some tools to help you study the Scriptures more and, and interpret the Scriptures more accurately. So I had to understand that every professor wasn't saved. Every professor wasn't teaching from a faith perspective. They may have had the name Christian, and some of them probably didn't, didn't even have a name Christian. I was reading about a particular seminary uh, just the other day, and there was this battle going on uh, because of doctrine. And some professors who had jobs at the seminary did not submit to the doctrine of that particular denomination. Well, if you don't agree with our doctrine, then don't, don't get a job to get paid because you're going to have a problem right there. You might say, well, we are, we, we're going to influence students. Yeah, but you're going to create confusion, all right? You're going to create confusion. And then students need to understand, you know, more need to be more in line with looking at doctrine or the doctrine of the places that they attend. I was talking with Pastor Minneapolis, and he was talking about how this particular school there is just giving money to students, and they will pay your full ride. But they're very liberal. And they go beyond the Scriptures, and they teach things that, that are contrary to the Word of the Lord. Well, they are producing Pastors, they're producing people that are going to send out to pastor churches that will come into these churches with doctrine that's contrary to the Word of God. So now we wonder why the church doesn't have a stance that's based on Scripture and why we don't believe in the inerrancy of the Scriptures. So we're in trouble. But anyway, let me get back to this. So, so Paul, 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 Paul says, Paul said, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, in your inner being, uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, not dwell in your mind through knowledge. Paul prayed that this divine enablement will come upon every believer. Now, these people are already in Christ. These are Gentile believers. But Paul realizes that as he writes to them that some of them may not be convinced of certain things. But, and then along with that, they need to be strengthened and they need to be reminded. And saints, that's why we preach the same gospel over and over again because learning comes through repetition. You don't learn something because you hear it the first time. It has to be repeated over and over and over again, and we have to be challenged. So this is not just about head knowledge. 
Christ needs to dwell in your hearts, and he dwells in your hearts through faith. What is your heart? Most of the time, and I didn't look up the definition for in this particular text, but it's dealing with your, your will, your mind, and your emotions, your affections, the things that you love. Christ needs to dwell in your, in your will, your mind, your emotions. Think about what guides you. You do what you want to do, your will and your affections. Well, your will needs to be to serve the Lord. Your will needs to be to live holy. Your will needs to be to be faithful to the Lord. Your will needs to be to be faithful in the things of the Lord. Your will needs to be to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believers, how many of you even sitting in here today want to effectively proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? You don't have to have a title. You've heard me say over and over again, I desire to get, to get this congregation to the point that every one of you can stand and effectively communicate a message based on Scripture and be rightly dividing the word of truth. Not just me, not just those who, quote-unquote, have a call to be a preacher, but we are a priesthood of believers. Every one of us, every one of us, Sometimes I look at my young men in the churches in Africa, and I see them. When Bishop Will preached the first Sunday uh, at her, uh, this year of Hope of Praise and with the title, Completing the Task, there were several young men who stood up and said, Bishop, we commit ourselves to go. And they didn't just commit themselves to go. Here I am watching them on Facebook, and they're in this county. They're in the other county preaching the gospel. They went. Most of us are not going to go out and preach unless I call for an evangelistic crusade. And then only the preacher's going to preach then. Because nobody's going to stand up and say, Pastor, I got a testimony. Pastor, I got a word that the Lord gave me. I got, and it's burning. I got to share it. He has to dwell in our hearts through faith. And a big problem among believers is Christ doesn't dwell there. He doesn't dwell. You know what dwell means? Dwell means to live. He's taken up his abode. Holy Spirit doesn't come to be a visitor. Holy Spirit comes to dwell, to live. And if he lives in you, what is he going to produce in you? And what's going to come out of you? Secondly, secondly, yeah. He said, I pray that you... Being, this, being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. I want to stop right there. So, 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 so and we'll go on to the other part of it. So part of his prayer here is that, that believers would be established in the love of Christ. That believers would be established in the word of Christ. He says rooted, rooted, and grounded. Rooted and established. Some translations say rooted and grounded. So now this is an agricultural metaphor, right? So you think about a tree, that, a, a flowers that you plant in your yard. They have roots. And when you plant them, you make sure that you are water, that, you, that, that the soil is right and you plant them and you water them. Why? Because you want them to be established so that they will grow and thrive. 
So, so, so Paul is praying that, that, that the believers there who are already, yes, in Christ, you know, they've been born again, in, but, but, but some of them are missing it. He wants to make sure that, they are, that their roots are growing deep in the Lord so that they can be healthy, grow, and thrive. How many of, you, how many, how many of y'all kill plants? You know, you buy house plants, they live two weeks. People say, I don't have a green thumb. Well, no, 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 no. That's some things you can learn about taking care of plants and keeping them in your house and, and lighting and what have you, you know, and watering them correctly and repotting them, you know, so that those roots can grow and grow down in the soil and become established. For you to be rooted in Christ, you got to grow in Christ. You can't get saved today and now you're a preacher tomorrow. You can testify. You can be a witness tomorrow. But no, 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 no. You, you just can't be a, no, 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 no. You, you got to grow. You don't expect a baby to be born today and tomorrow they're eating collard greens and, and, and cornbread. Now that baby has to grow. The digestive system has to develop. And that baby has to be loved and nurtured. I'll never forget when I worked for DSS, one of the things we learned about was failure to thrive syndrome. And you could tell a child that had failure to thrive syndrome. First of all, the child would never look directly in the eyes of his or her mother. Why would that be? That's because mama, what do we normally do with little babies? We pick them up and we hold them in our arms and we look at them and we talk to them. They can't understand what we're saying. And we, we smile at them and, and we woo and we, we're showing them that we love them. And they begin to identify with us as parents. And the more we do that and when they cry, we feed them, we change them. You know, and we continue to talk to them. We continue to read to them. And we continue to teach them things. And they get to the point, sometimes we have to smack their hands and say, no, 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 no. Because we're teaching them things. They, we realize they got to leave our houses one day and go to school. And they have to be able to function in the schools. <laughs> and one day, they're going to get a job. They have to be able to function on the job. Well, you know, you look at some of us and you look at why we don't, we don't function if you don't function at home, if mom and dad are not functioning, how can they teach the children to function? I don't want to preach this. This is not in the message today, but there's so much that I've been thinking about lately, about the way we do things, and then we expect to send our children to school so that the teacher can raise them or bring them to church so that the Sunday school teacher can raise them or put them on a football team so that the football captain can raise them or send them to the Army so that now they're 19, 20 years old, they need some kind of discipline. They had no discipline growing up. When God gave the parents the responsibility, you know, babies are not dolls. And, 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 and I realize that, 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 that a lot of people do get upset with me when I talk about, you know, people that are not ready to have babies. You're just not ready to be a parent. I know you're not thinking about having a baby when you're doing what you're doing, but when you do what you do, you know, there are consequences of doing what you're doing. And then here you come bringing your baby to grandmama as much as grandparents love their little babies. Listen, when you raise your children, you, you don't want to raise nobody else's child. 
I mean, if reality be told, as much as you love your grandchildren, you do not want to raise somebody else's child. You may have to do it. But you're tired. You, 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 you worked on that job 18 years. You need, to, you need to tell your children that. Mm-mm, you don't need to go out to the party. I'm going out tonight. <laughs> I'm going to dinner. I'm going to hang out with the guys tonight. I'm going to hang out with the girls tonight. No, 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 no. That's your responsibility. I raised you. <laughs> now, let me go ahead and finish this message. I need to preach that again. I need to, I, the, 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 the old Lord, the Lord. You know, because I want people to understand, don't get mad at me. Hear what I'm trying to say to you. I'm trying to help you. Listen. And if you focus on getting established in Christ's love, then you won't be focused on getting established in that man's or that woman's love. Well, how are we going to get married? Love Jesus first. Make sure that the love of God is poured out in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. Make sure that you're honoring the Lord, and the person you want to marry is honoring the Lord. Make sure that Christ is first in their lives, and they want to honor Christ. If they want to honor Christ and they honor Christ, they will honor you, and they will love you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Anyway, yeah, don't just be saved. Be rooted and grounded. We talked about shallowness last week. Amen? In, the, in, in, in this work that we are engaged in, in this assignment that the Lord has given to us, shallowness will not work. You will not stand against the devil if you are shallow in your faith. Paul prayed that they would be, that they would be established in the love of Christ, rooted and grounded, because warfare is going to come. The devil is going to fight against you. And if you are shallow, you are easily pulled up. If you're shallow, you're easily knocked over. Now, here you come praying, crying to your stronger brother and sister in the Lord. You've been in the church. You've been coming to the church. You've been singing. You've been praying. Now the devil has knocked you over because you did not get rooted and established in Christ. And here you come crying for God to work a miracle in your life. And the miracle needs to be you being rooted and established in the love of Christ. That's the miracle you need that will come through you're giving yourself to Jesus. Now, if you're in that position, now you know what you need to be doing. Get rooted and grounded. Let's forget about the past and what you didn't do. Let's start where we are. Get rooted and established in the faith because the devil is coming at you again. He's coming at you again. Yep. And as soon as you make up your mind, that you're going to be rooted and established in the faith. He's coming at you because he wants to get you before you start the process. Because once you start the process, it's more difficult to pull you up. Let me tell you, a lady gave me a tree one time. I saw a tree in her yard when I was in Seattle, and I asked for it. I said, send me a tree. Then she sent me two trees, little trees, in the mail. And so the tree, both of them grew. One of them just died. I didn't kill it. <laughs> but this tree, I, I, I read about the tree. She showed me and I began to read about it. It said it's an invasive species. I said, oh, Lord, 
help me to get rid of this tree because the city of Rock Hill uh, or the York County is not going to come and, and find me for bringing in some foreign trees and planting them in my yard. And here they are growing all around the place. So I cut the tree down. And I dug up the roots. But after a while, here yeah, well, I looked again. The thing coming up again. So apparently part of the root had grown a bit further in the soil. That's what the devil, that's what those demons do. You know, you make up your mind that you want to live for the Lord. You want to get rid of that invasive species. Maybe you were ignorant in what you started to do. Maybe you just didn't know. I remember a lady coming to talk to my mama one day, and she said, Lord, Cora, why didn't you tell me I was living in sin? I hear I am. I'm a child now. I don't think I was even a teenager. Mama was hanging out clothes on the line. And this old lady had been living with this man for a long, long time. And she said, Lord, Cora, why didn't you tell me I was living in sin? I don't know what mama said, but in my mind, I was like, as old as you are, you should have known that you were living in sin. Maybe she didn't know. You know, we judge people and we shouldn't judge. Maybe she didn't know. Because a lot of people today, especially today, I mean, we've gone so far away from, from, from God. It's just, you know, it just seemed like a, a lot of people just do things. They see other people doing. They think it's all right. But when you find out that you planted an invasive species and you dig it up, pay attention. Because if that demon... That demon spirit, all those demons haven't left, it's going to come up again. So I had to go back and I had to dig again. And this time, I found the roots and I dug along the root. Make sure I got that thing up. It ain't come back no more. You got to take some time to deal with those spirits that have taken root in your life and root in your family. You got to take time to deal with those. Sometimes you got to come to the altar. Say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm dealing with this spirit. Glory to the name of Jesus so we can loose that spirit and make it go and bind in you the spirit of Almighty God so you can grow in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Last thing, last thing, and I'm almost and I'm, and I'm done. Uh, Paul said, he went on to pray. He said, uh, to grasp, he said, uh, he said, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of God's holy people. So this, this Paul is saying to those Gentiles, this is not just for you. I'm just, this is, I'm just not just focusing on you, but this is what every believer has to submit to. And so what we're teaching is for every believer. It's not just for tabernacle of praise. Don't feel like God's singling you out. How, how many of you ever sit in church and you listen to the message and it felt like that God was, or the preacher, was singling you out? No! This is for all of us. You just felt guilty. <laughs> Anybody ever felt guilty before? Lord have mercy. Ooh, yeah. He said, hallelujah, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And then he says something kind of strange. And to know this love that passes knowledge. So, so he wants you, Paul is saying, if we're going to engage in this and complete the tasks that God has given us to complete in this in, this in between time, engage in this process, of completing the task, then 
not only should you be rooted and established in love, but there's something else about love, the love of Christ, that you need to, to know and grasp. You need to know its magnitude. You need to know the immensity of God's love. You know, I was thinking about this is February. I went into Publix yesterday. And they got so many flowers, so many roses, and so much candy, and so many balloons. Because, you know, and so for us to spend our money, let me tell you something. No, I won't tell you that. But for us to spend our money <laughs> to give that person that we love something special for Valentine's Day. My wife said, she said, babe, I don't have anything. I said, listen, don't worry about giving me something for Valentine's Day. Come on. I was at elementary school when we bought that little candy and started giving Valentine's. I don't need anything for Valentine's Day. I'm going to cook a good meal. Amen. I might fix some pineapple lime lemonade. Y'all ever had pineapple lime lemonade? Oof, Lord have mercy. I can't do that, but it's delicious. You know, but I don't need to go buy roses to tell my wife I love her. What good are roses on Valentine's Day when I don't love her the rest of the week? If I'm beating her up the rest of the week or the rest of the year. You know, if I'm being mean the rest of the year and acting like a... You know, the world has created a whole lot of things for us to spend our money on. When it comes to ministry, then we don't have time to give. So we're spending our money here and we're spending our money there and we're following what the world says. And think about the reality of this anyway. So this is a month of love. And so as I was writing this, it's not the month of love, but we've de designated it as that. And as I was dealing with this, the Lord was just talking to me about this whole love issue. We need to know the immensity, the magnitude of the love of Christ. That, 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 that we can't fully know. What is one thing that the devil wears people out about? God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. You do something wrong. The devil plant that thought in. You can't be forgiven. Look at you. You're too bad. God doesn't love you. That's a lie. That's a lie. Paul was praying for the church, praying for the saints, praying for these Gentile Christians that they would understand the magnitude, the, the, the width, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love. We used to sing this song, he's so high, you can't go over. He's so wide, you can't go around. He's so low, you can't go under. You know, you, you, you have to fight hard to get out of the love of God. You just have to reject God to get out of his love because he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave Jesus to die on the cross for your sins before you were born, before you were ever thought of. He satisfied divine justice on your part that you could never satisfy. He has provided salvation for you, you low-down, dirty, wretched sinner, and it's only through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that you are saved. That's love. It's deep. It's high, it's wide, it's long. You got to know that. You may not fully grasp it as you go through your life, but you set yourself on this journey to know the love of Christ so that in this warfare, when the devil is beating up on you or when the devil is attacking you, it's the love of God that will keep you.
Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come nor any other things, some other things he mentioned in there, shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ. It's this love that motivates me. I realized a long time ago when I said, Lord, I love you, that my love is imperfect. I can't love God like he loves me. So I would pray, Lord, I thank you for loving me with an everlasting love. Then I begin to think about what he's done for me when I don't deserve it. But he did it because he loved me. Even before I was thought about, he already provided a way for me to be saved because he loved me. If we are going, if we are going to fulfill or complete this task that we got to see that it's not somewhere down the road. See, many of you will never go to Uzbekistan or Afghanistan or Pakistan or, 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 or Mali or, 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 or uh, Morocco or some of those North African countries and some of those other places where the gospel has never been preached. But right where you are, there's an assignment on your life. And it's the love of Christ. As Holy Spirit works in you, it's going to motivate you to do what you need to do in the midst of the warfare. We're in this middle place. Work and war. Work and war. Work and war. Keep your weapon on your side. Keep your tools in your hand. And allow the love of God to pervade your spirit, man, your spirit woman, and, in, and motivate you to step out of that place of complacency, to step out of that place of excuses, to get away from those distractions and everything that's keeping you from engaging your life in the work of the Lord. Give yourself to Jesus. There's a task that's been assigned to you to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If there's someone today who doesn't know Christ as Savior and Lord, we want to give you that opportunity to give yourself to Jesus. There's a calling on your life. We've been called to salvation, and in salvation there is ministry. You were created for a purpose. Created to live your life in service of the Lord. Doesn't mean you can't get married. Doesn't mean you can't go to Six Flags. Doesn't mean you can't go on a cruise. You can have all of the fun in the world that's clean, good fun. And while you're on that cruise, somebody needs Jesus. A worker came by the house the other day to do some work on my garage door. Before he left the house, I had to ask him about Jesus. Lord sent you here for a purpose, so it wasn't just to fix my garage door. We, we need to talk about Jesus. 
Oh, but pastor, that's so, that's so forward. The devil folk don't be forward? The devil's people are very forward in what they want to do. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't obnoxious. I simply asked the question. Because he had become so comfortable. I was laughing and smiling. So now, thank you, Jesus. But Holy Spirit said, speak to him. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want you to just pray this prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I wasn't just a drop in the bucket or a raindrop in the ocean. You saw me. You see me in my sin, separated from you. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for satisfying God's law on my behalf that requires death for sin. You took my place, Lord. You died on my behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I give my life to you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. Thank you for saying yes to me. I receive you, Jesus. I give my life to you. If I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. 
Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.